The epistle is from Philemon. Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our beloved fellow worker, and Aphia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and the church in your house, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always when I remember you in my prayers because I hear of your love and of the faith that you have toward the Lord Jesus and all the saints. And I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. For I have derived much joy and comfort from your love, my brother, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you. Accordingly, though I am bold enough in Christ to command you to do what is required, yet for love's sake I prefer to appeal to you, I, Paul, an old man, and now a prisoner also for Christ Jesus, I appeal to you for my child Onesimus, whose father I became in my imprisonment. Formerly he was useless to you, but now he is indeed useful to you and to me. I am sending him back to you, sending my very heart. I would have been glad to keep him with me in order that he might serve me on your behalf during my imprisonment for the gospel but I preferred to do nothing without your consent in order that your goodness might not be compulsion, but of your own free will. For this perhaps is why he was parted from you for a while, that you might have him back forever, no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, as a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. So if you consider me your partner, receive him as you would receive me. And if he has wronged you at all or owes you anything, charge that to my account. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it, to say nothing of your owing me, even your own self. Yes, brother, I want some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident in your obedience, I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than I say. This is the word of the Lord. According to St. Luke, the 14th chapter. Now great crowds accompanied Jesus, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going out to encounter another king in war, will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000. And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Salt is good, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is of no use either for the soil or for the manure pile. It is thrown away. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 
Our text is from the Gospel reading, Luke chapter 14. Here again these words of Jesus. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Our Lord Jesus calls us. He says, come, follow me. He wants us to be his disciples. Like the crowds that were following him, we want to be his disciples. But we have many questions about discipleship. If I had been in the crowd following Jesus, I might have said something like this. Jesus, I know that you're a good leader for my life. I know that no matter where you take me, Jesus, I need not fear because you are with me. I know that following you now means receiving your blessings now. Jesus, I get it. I know that following you is a matter of rearranging my priorities. But you know, Jesus, I've been doing some thinking about it. I've known lots of people who have had their lives remodeled when they became your disciples. I mean, fishermen that no longer were fishing for fish. All kinds of people. You change a lot of things. Being disciples changes people's lives. And I've noticed it's been costly. Not that they ever complain about it. They seem to be happy. But I've still got a question about the cost of discipleship. You know, Jesus, I don't buy anything without knowing what its cost is first. What will it cost to follow you? What price must I pay? I've done a little figuring, and it looks high. Maybe more than I can afford. I mean, let's just cut to the chase. Jesus, what's the bottom line of discipleship? I've got things I really wanted. Expenses are high right now. Budgets are tight. Inflation is going up. I really need to get ahead a little bit. And discipleship, I figure, is going to cost me plenty. Plenty of money, plenty of time. I'll have to make some tough decisions between what I want and what I ought to do. Seems like either way I lose. And it's going to cost me more than that. It's going to cost me friends. Many of my friends are not very religious, you understand. They think religion should be in small doses, like, you know, Christmas and Easter. It's not really anything we should be talking about. You know that old saying, Jesus, you want to keep your friends, don't talk about politics or religion. At least if we want to stay friends. At work, it'll be even worse. I've gotten along really well for years by avoiding talking about my faith. But discipleship means a low profile is no longer possible. You're going to ask me, Lord, to witness to my faith publicly. I'll have to speak to others about my faith. I'll have to mention your name and tell them about your love for others. The fact is, I'll have to live more like a Christian. Yes, discipleship will be costly. I know you love me, 
and you accept me as I am, but you also expect me to be a good steward of the gifts you've given me, to use my time wisely. I know that. And my financial resources to put the right priorities on them. But Lord, just what will be required of me to be a disciple? The words echo in my head. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. All that he has. That's too much, Lord. I don't think I can do it. Well, is that finally what the bottom line is? Do we finally say no to Jesus' call to be his disciple, to follow him because the cost is too high? If we're tempted to say no, it's because we've forgotten. Jesus is the one who calls us. We don't do it alone. He is with his disciples. He gives them guidance and strength. He has set the ultimate example. He gave up everything as God and took on human form. He suffered and died on the cross to pay for our sins. He has set the example of giving his life for us. Jesus paid the cost of discipleship for us too. We don't need to worry about the cost of following Jesus. Jesus has already paid the price. And Jesus gives us the resources that we need for our discipleship. We have to admit we often, at times, act like what we have is our own. We earned it. We can decide how to spend it. But in fact, all that we have is a gift from God. The food, the clothing, the shelter, the money, all of our possessions, the ability to earn a living and the opportunity to do so, even life itself is a gift from God. To be disciples is to acknowledge that all that we have is God's gift to us. And we are to put what we have to use for him using our time and our abilities and our resources to serve God and to serve others with the love of God in Jesus. That's what it means to take up our cross and follow him. Jesus warns about the cost when he says that we will have to renounce all in order to be his disciple. What he means is to turn our priorities around to quit putting me first, to put him and his kingdom first. The true cost of discipleship? Well, make no mistake, following Jesus means walking on a road with potholes. That was one of my dad's favorite sayings. When troubles came to him, through multiple injuries at work, through the illness and early death of my mother, His answer always was, well, it's just one of those potholes on the road of life. And the fact is, there are some. There are problems and difficulties we're going to face. Some of them are just part of everyday living, and part of them are because we are his disciples. These days, that might even mean being canceled from something. 
Instead of focusing on the potholes, we focus on where the road is taking us. Following Jesus means a life filled with joy, even in the midst of problems and difficulties, joy. Because being a disciple gives meaning and purpose to every endeavor in our life. There is no greater joy on earth than to be used by God to share his love and forgiveness with someone else. The cross led Jesus to glory. So also we take up our cross and follow him. We have his promise of eternal glory with him in heaven. The joy of being his disciple far, far outweighs the cost. Discipleship means joy. Can we afford to follow Jesus? Can we afford not to? Amen. And may the peace